Hello, my friend. My name is Haley Peters. I am your host of At the Bedside, and I am so happy that you're here. This podcast, I want this to be a safe space for us to come together and talk, to share our stories, to empower each other, to educate each other, and to help each other learn to heal from the things that are hard to talk about. So this podcast is a brainchild of mine just from being on social media for many years now. I've encountered and had conversations with and seen publicly so many women that are scared, you know, to talk about their stories or they've been shamed and made to feel like they shouldn't talk about their stories or share openly. And I just wanted to be able to provide a space where we can do that and not feel judged because I truly believe that communication is a pathway to healing for so many of us. You know, I am very much an external processor. I think that a lot of us are, even if we don't realize it, because we're told that we shouldn't talk about these things, especially things that are hard in motherhood. You know, we're often told, well, you asked for this or XYZ has it harder. It could be more difficult if you had this going on, you know, and it's just... I don't, I don't think that we should compare traumas. I don't think that we should play the grief game on who has it harder. I think that all of us have valid concerns and valid trauma and valid things that we need to heal from. And I just wanted to be able to, to talk about that and to provide a space to do that. So we're going to have tons of fun here. We're going to have tons of amazing conversations. And I wanted to start this first episode just getting to know each other a little better, sharing kind of my birth story before we bring on you know, different co-hosts and different guests and that sort of thing. Just because I think that there's something that we can find in everyone's birth story that we relate to, even if we had completely different situations. There's always some feeling or some fear or some outcome that we can relate to. And I think that is where that connection happens and that solid communication that we are all looking for. So I've shared pretty openly on my social media about my own birth story, but I wanted to kind of rehash some things and go into more detail because I, being a labor and delivery nurse, having things, you know, lay down in my head of what I imagined birth would be and what I've seen it and experienced it to be so many times there was devastation in my birth story. And that's hard to talk about because I ended up with my amazing, beautiful daughter who is almost two years old now. And, you know, I would do it all over again, a million times over to have her here. But I think we can appreciate and love what our births have given us and still grieve the labor or the birth that we didn't get to have. And I think that's important. So like I said, I come from a labor and delivery background. I was a bedside labor and delivery nurse for two years before my hospital shut down in 2020. And I've kind of been just dabbling and working from home since. And I had it all figured out, right? I had been in so many births. I had my birth plan, but not too big of a birth plan, you know? I I just kind of had an idea of how I wanted things to go. I, you know, wanted to labor at home as long as I could. I wanted to head to the hospital and my water broke like they do in the TV shows. And that kind of came to a screeching halt at my 34-week OB appointment. Um, I was seeing a high-risk doctor because I was born with only one kidney, so I was kind of already predisposed to have some blood pressure and kidney problems, that sort of thing. Um, And my blood pressure had been beautiful all the way up until this point. 
it was high in the office. They told me to keep an eye on it. You know, I was like, okay, I'll keep an eye on it at home and everything will be fine. Well, it was a Sunday, (laughs) Sunday, um, the day after Christmas, December 26th. It was early in the morning. I woke up. I had been checking my blood pressure every single morning and it was high that morning. And my husband was actually, um, playing a game on his Xbox and he was like, okay, you know, take it again in a little while. (laughs) And I did, and it was still high. So I called the OB. They told me to come in and, when I got there, it was like 170 over 110, which was the highest it had ever been. They decided to admit me. They told me that we were being admitted just for like blood pressure monitoring. And I was going to do a 24 hour urine and, um, you know, hopefully go home the next day. Um, so we admitted me, I got all comfy, cozy. I turned on the food network. All was good. My doctor came on shift, my actual, um, physician, she came on shift and she was like, um, your blood pressure is not reacting to any of these medications. So we're gonna, we're gonna have to, um, induce your labor, which, you know, I would have been okay with had my daughter not been breached. Now, a little backstory, we had been trying to get her to flip for weeks because she had been breached for several, several weeks. Um, but I had low fluid on top of all of these things. So she, there was not enough room for her to turn around on her own. And I did not have enough fluid where they were comfortable performing an external cephalic version. Um, and if you're not familiar with that, that's just something where they, the doctors manually, um, kind of manipulate and move baby around into a head down vertex position. So I did not have the qualifications to go through with that. And what ended up happening was I had to get a C-section at 34 weeks due to preeclampsia. And it was scary. And it was not at all what I imagined. And I think that's okay to admit. And I think that's a great thing to talk about is that it was not what I imagined. And it was not what I wanted. And it was not anything that I had planned. And... I just remember being wheeled back and I was looking up at the ceiling and I knew everything that was going to happen, right? It was like an out of body surreal experience because I had been in so many C-sections before as the nurse and I knew what was going to happen. I knew each step that they were going to do before they did it, but it was like, I couldn't do anything about it. I had to just lay there and let it happen to me. Granted, like I said, I don't regret anything that happened. I would do it all again. But it was hard and it was scary and quite literally the worst part for me was the after because at 34 weeks, although my daughter was born, she was doing incredible. She had to go to the NICU and I was on IV magnesium. So I could not leave the bed for 24 hours and I could not see her. I could not hold her for 24 hours. And that was the hardest part. And that is where I think we need to definitely improve inpatient maternal care because I cannot tell you how many nurses came into my room and told me that they were going to get me up and put me in a wheelchair and go with me to the NICU. I know the culture of healthcare right now. I know that we're short staffed. I know that nurses are not, you know, getting breaks and getting taken care of. I've been on the other side. I am not here to shame nurses whatsoever, but I know that it's a systemic problem in our inpatient healthcare system that, you know, we need to 
be there for mothers more, not just inpatient, but, you know, postpartum and after they're discharged, because there's virtually no resources once you're discharged from the hospital, unless you seek them out on your own, right? You get a packet of like 20 discharge papers and they mostly just say, you know, here's what happened. Here's your medications. Call us if you need anything. Good luck. Bye. You know? And that's hard, especially for a first-time mom who has never done this before. And I'm imagining if I was in the shoes of somebody who had not been on the other side of healthcare, I would have been even more terrified. And I already was terrified, you know, because I, I had worked with newborns. I knew what to do after like two days. But once you take them home, I didn't know what you were supposed to do at all. Um, you live and you learn. But that was the worst part for me was the the C-section and not even due to the recovery or anything like that. It was just, I, all that I wanted when I was laying there in that hospital bed was to get up and go see my daughter and I couldn't do it. We have to do better for moms. We have to do better for moms who are admitted into the hospital, who have complications, who are readmitted postpartum. There's got to be something better that we can do for our maternal and our postpartum health care in this country. And I'm speaking specifically to the United States because that is where I live um, and that is where I have experience. But, you know, I'm sure worldwide we've we've got to just improve our standard of care for mothers. Um fast forward a couple of days, my daughter, we were so very blessed that she came home after two days of being in the NICU, three days of being in the hospital in total, um, at 34 weeks. And we came home and, you know, everything's been fine since then, but I can't help but have grief over her birth, over her labor and delivery. And I can't help but feel like I missed out on an experience that I was so desperately wanting to to have. And people think it's crazy, you know? Sometimes I'll say to other women, or I'll, I'll just say that I wish I could have experienced a contraction, or I wish that I could feel, you know, what it is to have your water break. And they look at me like I'm crazy, like, no, you're so lucky to never have had a contraction. But I don't think that way. And I think that's why it can be damaging to tell women, oh, you're so lucky. I'm tired of feeling lucky. I'm tired of being told that I should feel lucky when I don't, right? I'm tired of feeling like I'm not allowed to grieve the birth that I wanted so desperately. And if you can relate to that, my heart goes out to you. And I want you to know that you're allowed to grieve and you're allowed to feel like you missed out, even if it ended up in a, you know, a healthy pregnancy or a healthy baby, you're allowed to feel like you missed something. And if it is causing you fear or anxiety, or you're scared to have another baby or get pregnant again, or you fear what your next labor and delivery might be like because of an experience you have that's valid and that's normal. And nobody would blame you if you never decided to do it again. Nobody would blame you if you decided to do it again and wish for a better outcome for your experience personally. You know, I have this grand idea and I'm so hopeful to be back one day, you know, but I don't know if that's going to happen. And it's hard to make peace with that. And I've not made peace with it. And that's okay. If there's something in your labor and delivery story that you've not made peace with, it's okay. It's valid. I invite you to explore it more. 
I invite you to talk about it more because I think talking is the way to healing. And I'm not discrediting, you know, actual talk therapy or medication or psychiatry or whatever it is that you feel like you need. I want you to 100% get the mental health support that you need and you deserve. But I think talking is so undervalued and just talking with other women who have similar or not similar at all experiences has helped me and I hope that it can help you. That's what I'm here to do is allow every woman a space to share her story. Even if your labor and delivery went exactly how you wanted it to, I want you to be able to share that. I want you to talk about that without fear and without judgment and without shame. I want you to be able to relate to other moms. I want you to be able to celebrate other moms and grieve with other moms because that's what we're here as a community to do. And that's what we all so desperately need, right? I think that even though, you know, my labor didn't go as I planned it, it was still an experience that I'm grateful to have Because now I can look back and I can pinpoint the specific feelings that I had with each step of the process. And that's something in the moment that a lot of times you're not able to quickly process. You're not able to realize why you're feeling those emotions, right? Is there something deeper going on in your life or that has gone on in your life that is causing you to have that gut reaction for different things that have gone on in your labor and delivery process. That's something worth exploring. You know, a lot of times we're told it happened that way for a reason, you know, and I believe that everything does happen for a reason, but that reason is often way deeper than surface level. And that reason is often something that gets overlooked because then we get lost in motherhood. We don't really get a chance to process our labor and our delivery before we're thrown into the trials of motherhood, before we're thrown into breastfeeding with no resources or deciding to bottle feed with no resources or feeling the Facebook mom shame when you choose to do something a little bit different than the moms before you. Or, you know, giving, being told truly unsafe advice by your community when you're just trying to get some help. I see that happen all too frequently. And we're so lost in trying to make sure that baby's okay. We forget about ourselves and we get lost and we fall into the postpartum trap. And that's what I want us to be able to talk about, right? If you're freshly postpartum, I want to help you and talk with you through these hard times. And if you're somebody that has already been through that, I want to talk about things that have helped you get out of it or just maybe help you process why it happened a little bit because a lot of times we don't go back and process the why, right? I ended up at my nine, I think my my child was nine months old before I ever decided to go to therapy or get on medication or get help. I had been racking that thought in my brain for a while, but I didn't choose to pursue it because I felt like I didn't have enough reason to. Can you believe that? I felt like I didn't have enough reason to pursue help for myself because other women out there had worse experiences than me. That's powerful. 
that's from years of conditioning of being told that my problems weren't valid enough because they weren't as bad as they could have been. And maybe you have that experience too, right? At postpartum, we're, we're so wrapped up in baby and so is everyone around us. How's the baby? How's baby sleeping? How's baby eating? You know, can I come see the baby? Can I hold the baby? Nobody asks how mom is. Is mom sleeping? Is mom eating? Is, has mom had one cup of water today? Has mom had a shower today? Has mom had a second to breathe today? The answer most of the time is no in those new postpartum days and for a lot of women even beyond. The support is not there and that's what has to change. And I don't have all the answers of how things will change, but I do know that I have a platform and I can share my story. I can encourage you and provide a space for you to share yours with as little or as much detail as you want to go into. If you want to come on here and chat for five minutes, I'm cool. If you want to come and share every detail and talk for an hour, I will be here for you. Providing support, answering questions, empowering and educating. I think if we stick together and we build a community of women that want that for each other, the change will happen. Like I said, I don't have all the answers, but I'm here to give it a try until it becomes our reality that every woman has a safe space where they can share and they can talk openly. I'm so happy that you were here. Thank you for listening to my story. I'm so excited to get to share more of your stories. There's going to be some education thrown in here, you know, prenatal, postpartum, breastfeeding, all the things, because I am a labor and delivery nurse and it is a passion of mine to educate, but I'm also here to empower and just listen, right? There will be episodes where I am sharing and I am informing and there's other episodes where I'm just going to be listening to you. I can't wait to continue to develop this with you. I love you. Thank you for being here and make sure that you um, subscribe to the podcast and like us at Instagram at at the dot bedside for all news and upcoming podcast episodes. Thanks. Have a great day.